Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I coach and help hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313 Radical now. That's area code 313 Radical, and ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you are divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So... Sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage. While also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. And where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day. While also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex. And according is for marriage. In this 113th episode, the Holy Lover series continues with how to save my Catholic marriage when my wife has given up. And today we uncover gift 19, part two, plus live phone calls from you answer your marriage and crisis questions. So get in that queue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, and so the quote of the day, let's do this. Quote, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. End quote. Ephesians 5, verses 25 through 27. 
I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. Okay, okay. So we are back in today's with today's radical rant. We are talking about 10 tips to become a man of sacrifice to again ignite your wife's love for you. Um, even if you have a fiance, it's the same deal. Um, these things, um, I help men all the time that uh, have fiancés and stuff um, because they're trying to make them happy or trying to, you know, when they get married, they don't want to make a lot of mistakes and stuff. And you got you to gotta give them credit for that. Um, so gift 19 today, it states a holy lover rejects selfishness in all areas of his life. More important, his marriage. And I can't state it enough. Selfishness will murder your marriage. It will, it will kill it. And that's, it's the number one cause of divorce. Okay. Um, people think it's finances or infidelity and all that kind of stuff. No, it's selfishness. Why? Because all that stuff breeds from selfishness. Okay, so um, the number one cause of divorce is selfishness. And the reason why is because people, they it's hard for them to let their egos go and their pride go. Somebody has to be right. Right. And somebody has to be wrong. And they have to let each other know that. And when you get in the habit of um, of of uh, trying to get your way and are letting your ego in the way, you forget about the other person. And then it becomes a habit of arguing all the time, of fighting all the time. Then we start criticizing each other. We start bickering with each other. And then once you get in the habit of those kind of things and blaming, like a lot of wives that um, leave the guys that I that I coach, they are completely um, they're entrenched in blaming. It's their husband's fault. It's everything is his fault. Um, if he would just do this, if he would just do that, if he would just, you know, read my mind and know how to please me and how to make me happy. I mean, of course, that's ludicrous. But in their mind, you know, most women have this thing about they have support, like they have talked to divorced women or single women. And those kind of women, man, are not what a married who a married woman should be really hanging out with. They really shouldn't. Because those women try to give your wife all this great glamour of how great it is to be single, how great it is to be divorced and tell them all the bad things that happened and stuff and what she what she should be doing, what she should be doing with her man. The problem of it is your wife has a man and them other them, them divorced and single women can't keep a man. <laughs> now, who knows better about how to make a man happy? <laughs> all right. The one who's married and got a family. Or the one who can keep her man and lost him. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> so that's um, how you defeat selfishness in marriage. So you defeat selfishness in marriage by man. Honestly, the best way is to never, ever place your desires above that of God and your wife and your children. You will never consider yourself. You're always last. And when something appoints itself, the first thing you do is you try to think what is better for everybody, not just what's better for myself or even close to what's better for myself. OK, if it comes down to a tie between you and God or you and your wife or you and your kids, 
God, your wife, and your kids always win a tiebreaker, no matter what. <laughs> okay. So, what are some action steps you can do to overcome selfishness as a husband? Um, well, that's the word. That's what the show's about today. How to overcome selfishness, and in in and as you do that, the payoff is you will win your wife's heart. But the, the hit on men today is we're selfish with selfishness um, with our money. We're selfish with um, our time. We're selfish with uh, we're selfish in the bedroom. You know that is this that is our that's the thing with us. We only consider pleasure. And sure, that's right. A lot of it, but it's not all true. A lot of men really want to be good men. They just, you know, in my experience today, they don't really know how. And if they if they would if they would listen to the Holy Spirit, they would know how a lot better. But people are so distracted today; they can't they can't hear the Holy Spirit through all the noise. Um, that's that. If if you can't hear the Holy Spirit talking to you, that means you got the demonic talking to you. That is blocking what's going on. So what does that mean? That means that as a husband, you must get into prayer. You must get your mind off of on God and off of everything else. When you do that, the demons will leave you alone. You know, especially if you do something like fasting. Okay. So what we're going to do, this is part two of today. We went through a lot of this stuff yesterday. So um, after the break, what we're going to do is we're going to um, go over some things that you can do to defeat, defeat selfishness in your home. Not just that, to save your marriage, to, in fact, ignite the, the love, respect, and devotion of your wife. Because when you are a server, that is what happens. Your wife, she can't help but love you. Because what will happen, she'll start to trust you. Now, when she's mad at you and you're in marriage crisis now, that's not going to happen automatic. That's going to take time. But over time, if you don't quit and you don't wuss out, you will be able to get her to trust you again. And then that's when you start your service as the leader of your home. Okay? So with that being said, again, we are in the, the, the Holy Lover series, 33 gifts um, that will satisfy your wife forever if you do them. That is a bold statement. I know it is, but it's the truth. It's the truth, man. It really is. Um, the, the, the Holy Lover series and the, and the series before this, we did clues how to save your clues, how to know uh, that your wife wants a divorce. Uh, and that was a very powerful series. It was 33 of those things, too. Um, because that gives you, as a man, that gave you a a, a a one up on how to know when your wife is unhappy, what she's going to do, and things like that to let you know when she's unhappy, wants to leave, there's no emotional connection, and things like that. Even when she has a, if she has a, if she's cheating, or she's, or even if she's having an emotional affair, all these things, men are important to understand. And what I tried to do in that series was teach men how to read their wives and pay attention, man. Stop and get her head out of the sand, right? When it comes to your wife, you cannot take a day off. You can't. You can't take a day off. You know, marriage is work. It's hard work, but the payoff is astronomical. But see, when guys are in hell, they can't see past the hell. They can't see past the marriage crisis. They can only see in the moment. And that's why most guys hire marriage coaches is because they just can't see it. They they need somebody to help to help guide them through and and to show them that 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 they have a hope and a chance to actually get their wife back. Okay. So the Holy Lover series. So what is a holy lover? Holy lover is what I've come up with um in my eight years of doing this. Is a holy lover is you as a man 
being the man that God created you to be. Because most dudes don't even know what that is. They don't try it at all. They don't care. So they're their whole life, they flounder through life and wondering, where am I going? Where am I headed? Then about the time a man hits his pitch 45 or 50, um, especially 45, especially 50 and over, he starts to grow up and starts to see, okay, what am I really doing? I've been messing around for 50 years. None of that stuff really works. Sure, I got money. Sure, I got, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm famous or I'm well off or, you know, my, I'm good. I'm really good at my career. Yeah, but that doesn't seem to do the trick. And it never will. You know why? Because that stuff can't fill the gut, the empty gut that you got. The empty gut of to fill that can only be filled by the infinite. And the infinite is God. That's why we feel empty. I used to feel like that too. I have not felt like that in 20 years. I never felt empty like I used to. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, what am I here for? Like, why was I created? You know, what's up with all that stuff? See, once you answer those questions, man, which an atheist cannot answer those, he will try, but he can't. Um, you start to understand that your mission becomes clear. And, and, the, and the fact that you have the cookies of a lot of money, uh, uh, um, a great career, you're a famous person, you're a great athlete, a great musician and artist, all that stuff are cookies that really helps you give back to what the blessings that God has given you, okay? Um, and but, but our mission is to be a man, to be a man, to be a great man in our home as best that we can, okay? And to bring our wife introduced along. And you'll see, man, it works. Okay, so that's what a holy lover is. And so I've come up with 33 gifts. I call them gifts because as a masculine man, you must understand an authentic, true man. You are a blessing. Don't let people tell you that masculinity is toxic or masculinity is or you're a jerk or you're you're a verbal abuser. You're all this stuff that that you're a narcissist, all that kind of crazy stuff, man, that people come up with when they don't want to face themselves. Look at themselves. They just want to blame you for everything. But the key is the way you defeat all that stuff is you fix yourself. You become a man of God. You become a great husband and a great father. And you go on, you get on the journey. And then all of a sudden, your wife has no ammunition. Matter of fact, she's trying to she's trying to get on your team, you know. Um, and so that's what a holy lover is. And try your and so when I you bestow these gifts upon your wife as a masculine true man, what happens is she begins to see that you love her, that you really care, that you're not going to abandon her like all the other men in her life. Um, especially if, if you're if you're if you're married to a divorced woman, man, you you have no choice but to, to get some coaching help. You have no choice because that woman has a lot of pain. And right now she might seem happier like she's okay and stuff, but she ain't. Soon as things start going bad a little bit, she's gonna change. Because all that baggage that she had with her the first husband or her second husband, or her third husband, or her fourth husband, or her fifth husband, or her sixth husband, that's the most I've talked to. I've had a guy in my uh, that I've talked to. He was married. His wife, not him. His wife was married six times. Yep. And he thought he was special. Nope. That's why he's, he's talking to me because he ain't. He wasn't special like he thought he was. So if you are married to a divorced woman, dude, you you need you need marriage help. You are marriage crisis. You don't even know it because as soon as things start going downhill, all her baggage gonna start come. All her inhibitions gonna start coming up. They're going to start coming up. And then what will happen is you're going to not know what to do. 
Because you thought you were special. Just like my wife says about women. <laughs> Y'all, try to laugh. You know, look, I, I got to say it because I always thought it was funny. My wife says this. <laughs> Every woman thinks they special. Every woman thinks they, they you know what, in between their legs is just is better than everybody, every other woman. <laughs> That's why a woman will go after a married man. Because she thinks her stuff is special than the wife. <laughs> I didn't really think about it like that. But you know what? My wife is right. She's a woman. She knows. So with that being said, we're going to take a break, gentlemen. Hang around and try to just try to get involved in this and try to try to teach each other and learn from each other and and uh also get in the call if you have you know if you have problems in your marriage you're not understanding prayer you're not understanding um you're having trouble in the mental embrace you're having trouble communicate with your wife you know and you guys are arguing fighting all the time and or not all the time but you fight if listen okay let me say this if you and your wife argue more than once a year, you got marriage problems. I can't remember the last time me and my wife got in an argument. I can't. And that's good I can't because that means we haven't. Maybe once or twice a year. So any more than once or twice a year, if your wife, especially you people who you, you argue every day or once a week or once a month, man, what? how do y'all live in that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. How do y'all live in that? Dude, that is woo. Man. Anyway, so when we come back, if you're a caller, get on the line at 313 uh 723-4225. That's 313-radical. And then what we will do is we will do our best to help you rock this. Be right back. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Hey, 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 we back. Y'all remember that? Remember that show? What was that? What's happening? And what's happening now with Raj and his crazy little sister and his mama? And, 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 and what was his name? Dwayne, I think it's Dwayne's Dwayne. will come in there in the show. It's, this is the show was in the 70s. And uh, he come in there and he go, hey, it was so cool, man. He come in there, he was Afro. He go, hey, 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 hey. 
<laughs> that was pretty. I always thought that was good as a kid and adult. I like it. So, all right, y'all, let's get busy. Let's rock this and let's let's get some education going on and try to grow closer to God and understand how we as men can get our wives to fall madly, madly in love with us today. All right. So now. What is the subject again? How to save my marriage when my wife has given up. So why do I call it this series, How to Save My Marriage When My Wife Has Given Up? Because that's what you guys want to know. And I take that and I put the gifts in that and then we create a series so that in every 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 gift helps you understand the little inches and the little things that it takes and the big things it takes to um, to get your wife to fall madly in love with you, to be actually what? Be the husband that she needs. Okay? So, 10 tips to become a man of sacrifice and ignite her love. So, today's gift is 19, and, as, and we're doing the part two, which states a holy lover rejects selfishness in all areas of his life, more important, his marriage. So, now we're going to go into the action steps to help you defeat selfishness and become a man of sacrifice. The reason you become a man of sacrifice, because when you do, you don't think about yourself. When you do, your wife and children see that you're, that you're, that you're, that you're for them, that you care about them. Now, and then what that's, what that does is that that starts to make your family great because why nobody cares about you until they know you care about them. That might sound cold, but that's the truth. That's how it is. You all know it. We all know, especially in today's society, man. Today's society, oh my God, the selfishness is abound. So what is today, what, what, what Catholics call it and Orthodox Christians call it is diabolical narcissism. That's what it's called. And and um, there's a video, um, oh, I, I, I'm going to put it in the show notes um, again, uh, but um, diabolical narcissism. And basically it's a lady, her name, I forgot her name. I'm going to look it up real quick. Matter of fact, I don't care. I'm gonna look it up real quick. What is her name? Let's see YouTube. Diabolical narcissism, something like that. What was her name? Uh, ah, Anne Barnhart. Okay, her name. Listen, I wouldn't take time out of the show and to do this if I would. If this video wasn't the most. If this video wasn't the most. Um, if this work by her. Wasn't the most profound, some of one of the most profound things I've ever seen. And what it does is it's called Anne Barnhart's must see final video on diabolical narcissism. And basically narcissism is what extreme, extreme selfishness, like all of our politicians are, like most of them, like most of our church leaders are, like most of our um, most men and women in the country. So basically she's saying diabolical narcissism has taken over the country um, is like invasion of the body snatchers or something. And that is a really good analogy. Um, and so basically she teaches us what it is. And um, um, the, the diabolical narcissism, what it does is it is um, that people are extremely selfish. They really, they they have lost the moral take on life and really it's all about them and what they want, desire and need. And basically what that basically comes down to is that's really called demonic oppression. If you want to get really technical about it, it's called the diabolical oppression. I mean, oppression. 
And remember, as a lot of you know, that there are three types of ways that the diabolical, um, that, uh, that the demons influence us. Um, let me see. Let me write this, get this video down so I can give it to y'all. Um, and there are three ways that, um, that the demons influence us, okay? The first way is diabolical, I mean, is, uh, uh, is demonic possession. And so what that means is that the demon is allowed to possess our bodies and to get, make us do whatever they want, and they kind of take us over. That is very, very rare, very, very rare that that happens. Um, the second way that demons are allowed, and remember, God, Christ, Jesus Christ is, is in control of all of all temptation from demons, the, the, from the fallen angels. The reason why is because they, the fallen angels hate us. So they're bigger, stronger, faster, more intellectual. They're quicker, you know, and they would just—they're bigger. They would just—they would just kill us all. They would just ramp it through and kill us all. And um, Christ—that's not what Christ is for. So Christ, you know, really God—he's a jokester. See, when you go to hell, and people don't really realize when you go to hell and you are a demon or you're a minion, what happens is you just a puppet for eternity. So what does God do? Jesus Christ is in charge of all diabolic, of all um, demonic, demonic uh, influ influence. And so what happens is the demon is only allowed to do certain things. And then God pulls him back and then makes, he's just a puppet for the rest, for the rest of eternity. He has to do whatever God says and God, whatever God lets him do and or doesn't do. And people, you think that you, you know, you want to be in control. Guess what? You're not going to be in control. You're not in control. You, you want to reject God. We want to reject Jesus Christ. We want to reject the supernatural world and just be our own God and think that, and people say, I'm not, I don't think I'm my own God. Yes, we do. We all think that. We think we are, except those that really try to understand the faith and be with Jesus. You know, mostly everybody else, they think that they're on God. I can do what I want. I should be able to do what I want, when I want, how I want to do it. What does that mean? That means you're God. <laughs> you think you're God. You think you're the creator. You know, and then you get sick, a man person gets sick and gets cancer, and all of a sudden they realize, oh my God, they're about to die in two days. Oh, I guess I'm not God. Because if you are God and you're so powerful, then how come that lady or that man, they can't make themselves not sick no more? That's why the death, judgment, heaven, and hell is the great equalizer. Doesn't matter how much money you got, how big and strong you are don't matter how handsome and pretty you are. It don't matter. It don't matter. Okay. So that being said, the, the Jesus is in charge of all temptation. He allows it. Okay. The reason why he allows it because people, when we as creatures start moving too far away from God, what he does is he allows pain in our life. And see, once that pain, what that pain does is it it uh it 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 gets you to start acting right, to move closer to God, to know that you need Him, because that's how much He loves you. That's what real mercy is. That when we're so we're so ignorant and stupid as as creatures, and sin makes you stupid. The more you sin, the more numb you become. The more the more that hole in your gut gets needs to be filled. Um, the, and so what happens is you become. Well, like the saying is, sin makes us stupid, okay? And so what happens is 
God allows us to pain more. The more we deny him, the more we stay away from him, the more we get on the side of Satan, that eventually God abandons you and then lets you, um, and then technically he really doesn't abandon you because he allows the pain in your life to get you to get it together. But the grace and mercy and, and, and the connection with him, it, it goes away. You know, people don't understand that. And that's why when preachers talk about God loves you for who the way you are, that is complete and totally from hell. God does not love us the way we are, man. He doesn't because we can't get to heaven and be in with him. We're broken. We're in the fall. We have original sin and all that stuff. You know, so how can we get to heaven the way we are? Think about it right now. As a man sitting here, listening to me or whatever you're doing, riding the car, whatever, are you really, if you died right now, are you ready? Is your soul ready to be before God in the beatific vision? Are you really ready for that? I know I ain't. I know I ain't. And most people ain't. So that's what they have purgatory for because you're going to go, either you're going to suffer now or you're going to suffer in purgatory and get it burnt off. If you, if us as people can't get it together and come close to God, then, then basically God will give us what we want, which is hell. Then what will happen is you'll get burnt for real, not burnt to pure your soul, burnt to torture you for eternity because you as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a, uh, a man on this earth, you could not conform. As a woman, you could not conform. And so we, if we can't conform, we don't deserve to be in heaven with God, do we? No, we don't. We deserve hell because we ask for hell. If, if, if we do not conform to the will of God, what happens is we're telling God, I don't want heaven. I want hell. I want me myself. And so God is the God of God. He will not force himself on us. That's the beauty about it. Now, he does everything he can while you are alive to get you to he gives. He says, I give you my grace is sufficient enough for you to be saved. So what does that mean? That scripture, that scripture means that God gives everybody on the planet enough grace to be saved. And if we reject that, like I got wives right now, they have they just don't realize that that me and the Holy Spirit have created great husbands for them. They, we have created great husbands for them. We have, we have created the man of her dreams. But her pride, her ego, her anger, her pain would not see it. She thinks I can go out here and be by myself, which no one stays by themselves because some man's going to come along. They all, we always do. You know how men are. <laughs> But, or I'm going to go out and get another man, and he's going to make me happy. No, he ain't. You know why? Because you're the same woman you was when you was with your other husband. Your husband, he changed and became a man of your dreams and the man that loves you and cares about you more than anything in the world. Why? Because he's learned that. And you didn't change nothing. You, you. So how are you going to make another man happy? You can't. You can't make another man happy because you had one husband and you couldn't make him happy. So just because you you leave him and go try to travel somebody else, that don't mean nothing because you are still the same woman that you were when you failed your marriage with the husband you had. 
who is now, who loved you enough to go and get, um, to change and be a great man and a great husband for your family and a father for your family. But your pride won't let you see that. So guess what? God's going to send you the pain. Go on out and divorce your husband. Go on out and get him, you know, do all that stuff that you want to do and, and, and all that kind of stuff. You'll see, women, ladies, you'll see. Remove yourself from the power of your husband and the demonic will be in your life. So which brings me to the second, the second um, way demons influence us. The second way demons influence us is called demonic obsession, OB, right? So that means that the demon is allowed to physically assault you, to beat you up. That's what happened to Padre Pio, right? Oh, you know that story. The third way, and of course, obsession is obsession is very rare too. Then the third way that demons are allowed to influence us is they're allowed to influence us. Um, there, uh, it's called demonic uh, oppression, OP. Okay, and so what that means is that the demon now they can't read our mind, but they're so highly they're fallen angels, so they're so highly intelligent that what they do is they can read our body language. They can read, they can see certain auras and things, and they know what we're thinking. They know they can, and then what they do, they put thoughts in our ears and which goes in our mind, and we start doing stuff that is against God that we wouldn't normally do. This is why prayer is so important. The more you pray, the especially meditative prayer, the more you pray and keep your mind on God and the church and the saints and the Blessed Mother and Jesus Christ and Scripture— the less demons are able to penetrate you and mess with you. Okay. So that's that. Now that's what the, that's, that's why that diabolical narcissism video by Ann Barnhart is so freaking good. It's like three hours long. I don't care. Me and my wife said we were on three day, well, three day weekend, four or five years ago. And she found that my wife, you know, she's a, she loves, you know, she always trying to find stuff on the church and the YouTube. And she found this video, man, and and we I listened, I still listened to that woman for like five or six minutes, man, and I was hooked. And we sat there and watched that movie, that video for where it's really a movie, right? And watched it for three hours. And we went and got some food and sat in the bed, dude, and did a date night in the bed watching the movie. <laughs> that was the bomb. That was the bomb. So anyway, let's get on, finish today's subject of what's happening today, because I want you guys to have a good weekend. And have something to, to think about so that your wife um, and you change and your wife starts to see it. And then, you know, when you want more help, you go to SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get an appointment with Jerry and soon to be one of Jerry's coaches. Okay. So now we went over oh, 10 of them all together. We went over five yesterday. So I'm going to briefly, I'm going to briefly go over the five right now real quick. So basically, um, basically you are now, we're going to go into the action steps that can help you defeat selfishness and become a man of sacrifice in your marriage, which will do what? When I teach you guys stuff, it's always a payoff. I never teach you guys or try to get you guys to do something that there's not a payoff to it. And so what is the payoff for becoming a man of sacrifice and defeat selfishness in your marriage and in your life? It will ignite the fire, desire, devotion, and passion from your beloved wife. What, other, what else did you need, right? 
<laughs> Whatever else that you need. She don't want to make love to me. She never get. She never approaches me to make love. She never does. She never wants to do anything in the bedroom. I always got to initiate it all the time. <laughs> you know I know what that's about. Okay. So number one is a husband's sacrifice number one, a husband's natural order of service. So basically what that means is, as a man, you must understand the natural order of service, which is God first, you serve God first, your wife in marriage second, your child third, and you only consider, you never ever consider your wants, desires, and needs of that over those three entities in that order. Okay? Sacrifice number two, prayer. Prayer is sacrifice. Prayer is hard. It's difficult. It's a real challenge. That's why guys don't want to do it. But the payoff for prayer is you get grace and you get your prayers answered. Okay. That is what the beauty of prayer is. Another thing, too, real quick, if you don't pray for your wife, you don't pray for your children, who else will? You're the you your power of prayer over those two, uh, those two relationships is very powerful in the home. Okay. So sacrifice number three, of course, is of course the big one, confession. Confession hurts, but it's a sacrament. So guess what? When you go to confession, you get grace. And then all that pain and that monkey off your back gets a monkey off your back. And then you can go out and help your children and guide your children to help them get their life together. Okay. Um, sacrifice number four, of course, is the number one battle weapon of every man. It's called the rosary. The rosary will help defeat selfishness in your life. It will help you become holy. It will help your character change. It will help you present your sacred self to the world, to your wife and your children, and you will become a changed man. And you pray the rosary once a day. If you haven't prayed the rosary before, what you do is you start out with one decade, and you pray that for 30 days, and then you add another decade, another decade, and then that's five, then that's one rosary, and then you Boom, you prayed another one, another mystery. Okay, next, uh, sacrifice number five is fasting. Fasting, arguably the most powerful prayer on the planet. Um, and because when you fast, that means what? You are showing God. And now when you fast, you must unite that suffering with Christ for your wife or for your children. You, it's your. Remember, man, as a husband, you are a sacrificial lamb, just like just like Jesus Christ was. That's why prayer is so far powerful. That's why fasting is so powerful, because you unite that suffering with Christ. Christ takes that grace that he was get that grace, and he takes that and that 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 suffering, and he uses that suffering to heal the world. Which, in your case, you'll be praying for your wife, which is to change your cold heart for you. If, if you're in marriage crisis, I mean, okay. And fasting, it also teaches you to, you, you start to become the master of your, of your, of your, of your flesh, the master of your passions, the master of your pleasures. Fasting is very powerful, but it's only powerful if you unite it with Christ. Okay. Um, next. Um, so now we're going to move on for today's stuff. So today's stuff real quick, the ne- the next five. Okay, that was the first five. So here's the next five. Sacrifice number six, adoration. Do you want to become holy? Do you seek holiness? Spend time in front of the blessed sacrament. Fosters peace and holiness, a clear mind and a sense of direction. Adoration is a sacrament. So adoration is what? The Eucharist is in, is in the chapel in every Catholic church in the world. It's called the Eucharist. In the supernaturally, every priest, every bishop, the pope, the cardinals, they're all priests. They are given the supernatural power 
through Christ and represent Christ in the confessional, represent Christ on the altar, and they have the supernatural power to turn bread and wine to the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you know, if you listen to this podcast anytime, you know that communion is not a uh, it's not a symbol. It is an actual body and blood of Christ. The reason why is because it's a grace. It's a sac- it's a sacrament. And when we take that and we're in grace with God himself, then we get grace and we become more holy and it changes us over time and we, it draws us closer to him. This is why people that are in the Catholic Church, they don't understand and they're missing out on so much that they could become uh, they could become a man of God and really understand it and really love it. And really uh, it draws you closer to Jesus. OK, when you do things right. So adoration is where the Eucharist is there. You go to adoration, which I'm going to ask my wife tonight when, when, on our date night. Can we start going to adoration for 30 minutes before we go on our date night? She says, yes, we can. See how you do it, fellas? <laughs> and I was praying I was praying my rosary today, and I, that came in my hand. And another thing, too, that's one of the ways you listen to the Holy Spirit. When you're praying, when you're praying meditative prayer, like the rosary, you're in adoration, you're in mass, and, and things come to you while you're praying. And remember, mass is, you know, church is a prayer. Mass is a prayer. Um, adoration is a prayer. Fasting is a prayer. Um, uh, 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 the rose, all the meditative, these are all prayers. And so when you're praying, you try your best to open up and, and, and listen to things that come in your head as you're praying. Believe me, man, that's powerful stuff. That leads my life. So today, when I was praying before the podcast, you know, it came to my life. You know, me and my wife go on date night every Friday. I'm thinking, Man, we should start going to um, adoration together and pray the and pray for thirty minutes and be with our Lord. That's how you do it. That's how you rock it, man. That's how you get that love going, brother. So you get that love going because you get that grace from God. You and your wife fall more in love with each other, and then the intimacy becomes out of this world, inside the bedroom as well as outside the bedroom, baby. Okay, so um, when you go to adoration, your relationship becomes strong with God. The Protestants, the Protestants guys in my program, um, which are, you know, uh, Methodists and Baptists and, and, and uh, um, um, you know, non-denominational, those kind of guys and stuff. St- hey, I say, listen, you, the problem, I mean, you can go to the Catholic Church seven days a week and you go and you sit, you can sit in the sanctuary and you can be with Jesus and it's a, it's a solemn time. With you by yourself. Why? Because, man, when you're in marriage crisis, man, you you got a lot of stress going on and anxiety. And so you need this time. Any Catholic church, it don't matter. If you go to the Catholic church and you ask the, the office, they'll give you the code to get in or they'll let you in. Say you want to go to adoration. You can go in the sanctuary seven days a week and millions of Catholic churches all over the whole world. And they'll let you in and you'll be in there by yourself. And you will be, or sometimes there are other people there too. Sometimes the other people there, if they have a chapel and stuff, you know, um, adoration chapel. And dude, it's just you and Jesus there. It's beautiful. It that has changed men's life. Okay. Next, um, he God. When you go to adoration, your uh, your relationship beca- your relationship becomes stronger with God, 
and he is more likely to hear your prayers as you develop a powerful relationship through your time and adoration. We need this time with Christ, especially if we suffer from anxiety, frustration, anger, and emptiness of soul. I'm going to say that one again. We need this time with Christ, especially if we suffer from anxiety, frustration, anger, and emptiness of soul, which I talked about earlier. When a man doesn't know his mission, when a man doesn't know why he's here, it's called it's emptiness of soul. I just call it empty gut because that's what it is. You feel, like you, you feel like you never feel fulfilled as a man. Okay, and only can the only what you're feeling is an infinite. Your soul is an infinite thing. This is why people think, well, when I die, I'm just going to go and just go into oblivion. Yeah, you keep on thinking that if you want. But guess what? You're going to die. And when you wake up, there's Jesus Christ going to be sitting there judging you. And then about a few seconds after that, your butt's going to be going to hell. Then you're going to wake up real good. Your soul going to be in oblivion for real then. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Where are all these demons at? They're all around me. Oh, my just screaming and horrified. Oh my God, this is horrible. What have I done to myself? Oh my God. And it's also said upon our death, upon our judgment, we know exactly why we're going to hell and we know exactly why we're going to heaven. There's no more mystery. Okay. So this is why if you are a man and you're going through anxiety, frustration, anger, and emptiness of soul, that means you need to grow closer to Christ. And adoration is a beautiful time to do that. We, um, we must rest in God and quit all the distractions in our life. Remember now, once you become peaceful and, you, and, you, and things like that, you stop going off on your wife. You stop criticizing her. You stop blaming her. You're more patient with her. You become empathetic for her, sympathetic for her. And she starts thinking, I can talk to him more. You become approachable. A lot of husbands, were, un we're unapproachable. And our wives don't talk to us and tell us their deep dreams and desires because they, they feel that we're, or when they have a problem, they don't tell us because they feel we're going to criticize them or blame them or go off with them or argue with them or fight with them. Okay? So that's a cue. If, you're, if you and your wife don't talk to each other a lot, that's the reason. Because your wife is talking to somebody, and you're talking to somebody. Why aren't you talking to each other? Okay? Next, start with 15 minutes a week, and as your faith grows, increase a little with an ultimate goal of an hour daily. So remember, in uh, the agony of garden, in the art in the garden, Jesus Christ was in the agony of garden, and he was praying. He started, he was, he was so anxious and so stressed out, and he... He wanted to please God so much. He didn't want to fail in his mission. He started. He started bleeding. He started uh, uh, sweating blood. Right. Then he get up and he go back over with Peter now, and they they but sleep. They but sleep. Right. And he said, "Y'all can't even spend one hour with me. Y'all can't even stay awake for one hour." See, people think that Jesus is getting on them because they're sitting there and they're not paying attention. They're not uh, paying attention. What he's getting on them for—that's adoration. That's why, you, that's why you need the Catholic Church to interpret the Bible, because most people wouldn't know that. When that happened, that scene happened in the Bible, what that is, that is God, that is Jesus saying, you can't even spend one hour with me. What that means is you and I together every day for one hour that you spend with me. And that's why adoration is so valuable to every person on the planet if they take advantage of it because christ that's christ calling us to be with him okay so you start with 15 minutes a day 
Um, and then, you know, a week or whatever, then you build up to it because prayer is hard. It's, uh, you know, it, 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 it's hard to really start it, especially if you're not used to it. Okay. Now, off of the sacrifice, when you go to adoration, you always offer that sacrifice. Remember, you are the lamb. You are the lamb in your home. So you, as the man, you're offering yourself to Christ as a sacrifice. And then Christ, you pray, and then you're praying for your wife and for your kids. And then Christ takes that that prayer and your suffering, and he gives that grace to your children, right? That's why you heard me say the other day that when my wife is at work or my sons and my daughters are at work and their families and stuff, I can't protect all of them at the same time. I can't do it, right? But the Holy Spirit, through my suffering and sacrifice and my prayer and me asking them to protect my family and I pray for them, my Lord Jesus Christ loves me enough and he protects my family for me. Bam. Isn't it great? Isn't it great once you start to understand the greatness of the church? Okay. Next, sacrifice number seven. Daily mass is the most it is the most powerful prayer. Daily mass, mass is a, remember mass church, uh, Sunday mass. The Catholic Church calls it mass because well, it makes sense. The masses come to worship God. Bam. See, huh? Um, and so, um. The Eucharist purifies you when you take it and when take it in grace and not in mortal sin. Offering daily mass up for your wife is powerful and will change her life. Remember, if sacrifice were easy, everybody would do it. Everyone would enter heaven, but the sad truth is many don't. Your suffering has meaning. Daily mass requires the great sacrifice of your time for another, your wife, and your children. Okay? In the faith, the, the, the Christian faith, the mass is a sacrifice, okay? It's so that we we go and we focus on Jesus Christ. He is the man. He is the one. We focus on him, and and the body and blood is 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 trans transfigured by the priest from the wood and from the wine and the um and the bread, and then we as we go through the mass, we call it. You know, we call it that it's the, it's the, um, we, we come and we, we worship God for like an hour to hour and 15 minutes, sometimes an hour and 30 minutes, depending on the mass you go to. Um, and then at the end, the culmination is we take the Eucharist, which is communion to most. And then that's what gives us the grace. And that is very important. And then we offer that mass, that sacrifice of ourselves as the man, as the lamb, like Christ, we offer that up. We say, I offer this mass for my beloved wife, for my children, and that grace, God takes that grace that you're sacrificing, and he He distributes that to your children, okay, and your wife, okay? Next, um, now, of course, I got that exactly right, but, you know, I, you got the gist of it. <laughs> so, number eight, almost done. Number eight, sacrifice eight, the marital embrace, okay? The marital embrace, Okay, I'm going to reiterate what we're talking about today. How to save my marriage when my wife has given up. So if your wife has given up, that means you got a lot of work to do. Okay, you can get her back, but you got a lot of work to do. And then in this show, there is how to defeat selfishness in all areas of your life, especially your marriage. Okay, so in your marriage, there's also a lot of selfishness things that we do to screw it up. And so if you want to reignite your wife's love for you and passion and desire for you, 
you must understand the importance of the marital embrace. That's the other things that I've talked about over the last two days. Although this sacrifice is in the eighth position, its importance ranks among the top two. If I put this further up, you guys probably want to stay and listen. <laughs> it takes three to make love. Remember, without God and all facets of our marriage, especially our sex life, little by little, it will suffer or worse yet, will away. People do not understand why, man, before we was married, man, our sex was the bomb. Man, we had sex all over the place, all over the house. We was blah, blah, blah. Then we get married and it's still good. But then after about six months or a year or two or three years, it just becomes uh, what happened? What happened is the lust left. That's what happened. The lust left. The lust is an offense against chastity. So when we make love, I shouldn't say that. That's that's inappropriate. When we have sex outside of marriage, that is lust. And it's fornication. It's a mortal sin. And so basically there's no grace. All right. So then when we get married, we we kind of, you know, we kind of unionize ourselves with God because most of us get married in the church. Those of you who don't get married in the church, you're making a big mistake. You don't get married on the beach. You don't get married um, in on the ocean. You don't get married in a, in a recreation hall. You don't get married uh, in an airplane. You don't get married in a balloon, in a, in a balloon flying across. The, you don't get married on a ship. You get married in the church. Why? Because it takes three to make love, baby. It takes three to make love, right? It takes three to make love. You, your beloved, and God. And when we don't get married inside the church, we're saying, God, we don't need you. Okay? Is this all the way the way Christ has set up this whole church thing, the union between him, the church, us, it's all there's nothing that's a coincidence. That's why the Catholic churches are all so beautiful, most of them. It's because of the sacraments and 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 and, and the that beauty, the beauty draws the people to God. And then when you get inside the Catholic Church, there's this beautiful altar, and the altar lead straight up into the heavens. And so when you are in there worshiping God, you look at the altar and you're, it naturally draws your eyes up to God. And so this is why we get married in before God, because we need God in our marriage to sustain our marriage. So we get a thrust of grace when we first get married, right? Okay. Oh, uh, next. So um, God created sex. Um, so I said the lust goes away in our marriage. That's why it's important that you as a husband must become as holy as you can. You bring God into your bedroom because you need that grace from God. Every time you and your wife make love, that is you to renewing your vows before God. Okay. Next, um, God created sex as an extension of his divine love for us. Our society, Satan, has tainted and corrupted sex. Men can very easily become selfish when making love. Ego and selfishness can never enter the bedroom. It, at, if at any time me or I enters your mind during making love, you have already failed as a world-class lover, a holy lover, a man. Why? Because the ego is from the diabolical. It's selfish, self-serving, and considers itself above all else. If this continues, your wife will start to feel as if she is as she is an eating utensil, a fork, a knife, and a spoon. 
She will never be fulfilled sexually and as your wife. Understand, you are responsible for everything in your marriage as charged by God. Sex is not about you. It's about God. It's about your beloved wife. Again, you are charged by God to protect, defend, and serve. And then, and when making love, you are the server. Remember, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Okay? Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Okay? I can't really say no more without going way further than I want to today. (laughs) So, Please try to absorb that. Next, sacrifice number nine. Two more. Offer all of your pains, sufferings up to Christ for the intention of your wife. Quote, love to be real. It must cost. It must hurt. It must empty us of self. End quote. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. This quote pretty much says it all. Again, I refer to Ephesians 5. 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her to sanctify her, cleansing her by the the bath of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. God has given you the power and grace to affect the purity of your beloved's soul. You as the husband, must present your wife through your suffering, through your sacrifice, through offering all your pains, through offering all your iniquities, everything that you go through in your life, the, your mental pain, your physical pain, you offer all that and suffer. And, and as the lamb, you give yourself to Christ and Christ will take your suffering and your true authentic masculinity and he will take that grace and distribute it to your beloved wife and over time she will be you will present her at her judgment before our lord jesus christ at her particular judgment pure and spotless oh my god the beauty and the power of masculinity You must embrace your masculinity, your headship of the home. Without that, none of this works. Remember the natural order. God, husband, wife, children. Sacrifice number 10. Christ, teach me to serve her. Oh, boy, Jerry, there you go again with that serve my wife stuff. I told you I was gonna stop. I was gonna stop listening to your podcast, Jerry. If you bought that servant up her all the time again. <laughs> so this one is huge, which is what sacrifice number ten. Christ teaching you to serve her. This one is huge because it demands courage from you, courage to seek the truth, to look in the mirror at yourself, to seek criticism. I know the truth hurts, but you must embrace it if your marriage is to become legendary, become great. Journey closer to God. Again, you must be willing to suffer for her. If you don't, who will, my friend? But this is unlike Christ. He volunteered to suffer. Why? Because it was his duty, his mission, his complete love. And remember, not a feeling, but an act of his will for us. But more important, this is just what men do. 
honor, and courage. We must understand that our wife needs not once. I'm sorry. We must understand what our wife needs, not what she wants, then do our best to give it to her, a.k.a. become a holy lover, a.k.a. 33 gifts of a holy lover. Part of our job as men is to serve. It's our third mission. So we don't become complacent, lazy, and forget our mission. We must move to squash problems immediately. Don't procrastinate. Ask these questions of yourself, of your wife, often if not daily, to keep yourself on their toes. Okay, so what? Are, these are some questions that um, that you ask yourself, and you can ask your wife if you feel that you're that you need answers. So you ask yourself this: How do I sacrifice for her? Am I lofting anything above my marriage? Am I seeing to my wife's needs? Am I putting her needs above everyone else's, including my own? Am I, at, am I making her feel she is the most important person in my life? Why am I her servant? And why do I serve her? These are very important questions in your marriage that we should be asking every day. Why? Because it keeps us on top of our game. It keeps us on top of our game. And if you're on top of your game, Satan can't come in, another man can't come in, and divorced and single women can't come in. Those are the main culprits to splitting up the family, okay? Because women need support. Women don't do nothing without support. They don't. They don't. They don't get married without support. They don't divorce without support. They don't. So if you understand that as a man, then you move to combat it. Bam. Stay on top of your game. That's what you do. So bring it all together. Bring it all together. To answer the question, how to save a failing marriage, we must start doing things because of duty, not because of how it feels to us. Suffering for the benefit of another is courageous and heroic as Christ. Moreover, that men are called to do this by God. Of course, society, the evil one, will steer you towards selfishness and pleasure above all other things. Why does Satan do this? Because if he can get you to remain effeminate, emasculated, weak, and soft, it's a lot easier to claim your soul. But more drastic, the souls of your wife and the souls of your children. Again, men must begin to train their intellects and wills to endure as Christ did. Otherwise, we are just plain men. Nothing special, nothing worthwhile, just another chicken in the coop. Further, awaiting our next form of manipulation from our electronic device or television program or government directive. Is this really how you want to live your life? Going along to get along, void of courage because you are unwilling to make these uncomfortable or sacrifice, or sacrifice for the truth of God. Again, in this show, I ask, if you aren't willing to suffer, sacrifice, or give your life away for your beloved, who on the planet will? Who will take responsibility and care for her soul in this abyss of chaos? To repeat, as Adam. God has charged you as the keeper of this ram. The question is, how will you respond with courage or cowardice? Bam. 
If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. All right. And so today we end the show with a caller. And we will go to them right now. Um, I hope my technical, technical, techno is working. (laughs) So let me try and bring them on. Hello. Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Hey. Yeah, I can hear you. Good, good. How you doing today, man? Good. How are you? Doing all right. It's Friday. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how can I help you? Uh, you know, my wife, she don't listen. You know, she don't go to church. She don't do the dishes. Uh, I, every time I try to ask her to the kids, she don't think of the kids. She don't have sex, nothing. She don't listen. She don't listen. And if she does do something, you know, she always has an attitude. It's probably partly my fault, but at the same time, she's her own person, and you know, she just doesn't listen at all. I don't know what to do about it, and I just can't. I, just can't, I don't think I can stand it, but I want. I want to fight through it. Uh huh. How long y'all been married? Twelve years. 12 years. Okay. So on something like this, it's a communications problem. And it kind of goes about what we were talking about today, um, that we allow our egos to get in the way. And not just you, your, your wife too. You know, um, we allow our egos to get in the way and we don't listen. And so we interrupt. And so when we interrupt and we get, we get more angry and frustrated. And so we, we, you know, we talk to each other the wrong way. What's probably going on, man, to keep it real simple, is your wife feels she don't that you don't love her. Remember, women don't sign up to wash dishes. They don't sign up to take out the trash. They don't sign up to have all these kids. They don't sign up to go to work 10, 12 hours a day. They sign up for your love as a man. You are the man. When you guys first got married, you were the man of her dreams, or she wouldn't have married you. But what happens is over time, men, we forget that that's our beloved, that she's special, that we need to make her feel she's number one. And so if your wife is not doing any of these things that you're talking about and you and, and, and you feel she doesn't listen to you, well, first of all, she doesn't respect you. Why? Because she feels you don't love her. She feels you're selfish. It, women, it, most women, it all stems from that. Sure, there are women who are really disordered and 
you know, you can't do anything with them. But most women are good women, and they're just seeking what you're seeking. They're seeking companionship and love for eternity. And so as a man, the best advice I can give you is to whenever there's a problem in your marriage and in your family, you never, ever, ever look at them first. You always ask, look in the mirror and ask yourself, what could I have done better in that situation to make it better? And I promise you, man, that will serve you well over your life, over your marriage. It really will. Because then that'll subdue your anger. Because most of the time, if you like right now, you know, with your wife, and you don't have to answer me um, unless you want to, um, that over your time with your wife, I bet you 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 guys have been in some situations and you after you did it, you said, Man, what did I do that for? You know, why did I do that? I could have done better. And see, that's what helps you. That's what helps your wife fall in love with you, is that you are a man that that you're that you that you're not selfish, you're not you you're humble, you admit when you're wrong, you tell her you love her, you tell her you're sorry, and you try your best to not do that again. And I promise you, your wife will start going to church, she'll start praying, start doing the dishes, she'll start making love to you. Why? Because she feels that you love her more than anything else. You are the leader, and so you, as the leader, you must start. And, and and doing what you want, do the things it takes to get what you want, which means change yourself, and then your wife will follow. What do you think? Oh, I lost him. All right. Well, that's, Hello? oh, what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, you're right. I, I, I need to change myself, you know, change myself, change my, change my ways. <laughs> yeah, there's, lots of, there's, there's lots of stuff I can improve. But uh, I'll take it kind of to what you said and just try to improve myself overall. Okay. All right, man. If you need any more help, go to SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and uh, we'll go from mm-hmm. there. Okay? All right. Thank you. Have a good weekend, brother. Thank you for calling. Are oh, you too. My. Yep. Okay, we are back in our conclusion for today. Thank you guys for hanging out. We had a long week together, didn't we? Um, it was, seems like it was just Friday, like yesterday. I mean, these weeks are going so fast now that I start doing this podcast every day on Monday through Friday. Man, the days just go by fast. Um, but the good thing is um, we're trying our best to help others here. And if you share, when you share the podcast with others and you watch the videos and, and, and think of the replays or whatever that right there helps a lot. And because the, the thing is we want marriages to be of God. That's what this whole thing's about to save the family, man, save the family. And I know in my heart, the whole reason I started this thing, because I knew I started working on marriage because I knew if I could change the heart of men, that the men would change the world and change their environment and they would change their families. That's the faith I have in you. That is the faith I have in you. And if you can have that faith in yourself, man, you will influence your environment for God and Christ. And when you die and upon your judgment, our Lord will look at you and say, great job, my son. Well done. So as we always do, we end with the quote, from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, 
Society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.